Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and this is On Course with Hart Ramsey, and we call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God, and of course, we're talking to Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How are you doing? I am well. So, for many who know you, of course, as a pastor, as a songwriter, but you're also a very gifted musician, and uh, yeah, yeah, you are. There's no getting around that. Um, and so, uh, recently, we lost a, we had a major loss in the music community uh, as Grammy Award winner Edwin Hawkins passed away uh, right. at age 74. Talk about his impact uh, and your memories of Edwin. Hawkins. You know, it's, it's interesting, Gerard. I met Edwin in 19, I'm trying to remember the year, 1992, 1990, wow. yeah, 1992 or wow. 93. And um, what was interesting about him, I was I was a part of his workshop band in Huntsville when he came to Huntsville. And then he invited my group to um, Toledo, Ohio okay. to, to be a part of the, the music and art seminar uh, of that year. I think it was 94. It was when we went. Now, what was interesting about him was uh, while we were uh, in the rehearsals and playing for him, I, I really noticed uh, uh, that he had a, a very caring and loving disposition. Yeah, had a chance. To t- I had a chance to talk to him um, between sets. So he, I called him one morning. He, he was heavy into gourmet coffee. Okay, and so a friend of mine and I had a chance to walk with him. We, we ran to him one morning. We walked with him to the coffee shop, and I asked him. I said, "I said I noticed that that you're so patient and and loving with people." I said. How is that possible being in the industry as long as you have? And he said something to me that was amazing. He said, he said, the industry is so cutthroat wow. that at some point in your life or in your um, in your career, you're going to have to make a decision as to what kind of gospel artist you're going to be. Wow. He said, he said, you, you're either going to be a part of the cutthroat society or you have to decide that I have to pull away from that and actually be a Christian doing gospel music. That was interesting to me. Wow. And so he had a great impact on me. His music, you know, he was, um, of course, everyone goes to the heyday of songwriting. He, of course, he wrote, he penned Oh Happy Day, but he penned some other amazing songs as well. He did. And, and um, especially in, in the mid 80s, we did so much. Uh, uh, he wrote a lot on the Love of Life stuff with his brother Walter. And yes. and just they set the standard for choirs during that time. And even now, there's some songs that you go back and listen to. He was just a phenomenal guy. He's going to be missed. Yeah, he's, he's going to be greatly missed. And, yeah. you know, certainly as I'm thinking about my introduction really to gospel music, it was Andre Crouch, Walter Hawkins, yep. Edwin Hawkins, yep. you know. Um, and so certainly a major loss. You know, as I mentioned, those three names in particular who really served as foundation for a lot of us who are who are familiar with gospel music. Uh, here's my question. What do you think it means for the industry to have lost kind of another piece from that era because we really don't have many more connections to that particular era of music. Well, it simply means that the music is um, 
is now in the hands of, of the of the new school. And the new school really, um, when I say the new school, I'm talking about their people who write, um, who, who, who uh, score a song that, that will become popular, but they're not particularly gifted songwriters. And I'm not trying to sh- throw shade. I'm just simply saying it's a, it's a reality. Sure. Then, you have, then you have those people who can time after time, the Kirk Franklins, and they can write these songs because it's a part of their gifting. Right. But we're, I think what it does, it leaves, it leaves gospel music in some new hands. I mean, mm-hmm. and it, ha- it's, it happens in every generation where you see um, um, the people who are now are in charge of this um, genre, so to speak, are going to step up and and, um, and they're going to pay tribute, but then they're going to present their own flavor of what is gospel music. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me ask this question, because one of the things that I think our genre and our community may be very guilty of uh, is, and, and it may be even larger than our community, uh, guilty of kind of holding what has happened in the past at such a high standard that we right. say... No one will – there'll never be another Andre Crouch. There'll never be another Michael Jordan. They'll never be – you know? And so right. we don't give room to the LeBron James of the world to right. become – because we can't fathom anyone being greater. Uh, number one, do you – this is going to be quite the question. Do you think we have greater songwriters in this generation than in the previous generation or do we have a scenario where our community has not allowed that greatness to shine because of our elevation of the past? Let me let me say this. You know, when when Anthony Brown wrote Worth, yes, I, w- I was just lamenting that there are no songs that really move me. No, <laughs> you know, because because everything was really formula formulaic. Everyone was yes. writing songs from formula. They want to sound like Hillsong. They want to sound like this person. And then then, then Worth comes on the radio, and I go, Oh my God! I actually text Anthony, <laughs> dude. <laughs> right. So so this is what I believe. I believe that no, um, there'll never be another. Edwin, another Walter, another uh, Andre Crouch, another whatever. But there's going to be a first of a lot of greats. Mm-hmm. And 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 um and and I don't think that that we have anything to worry about when you look at uh, Jaquel and Carr and a lot of these uh, young people that's coming up. Man, they're in good hands with with um the Jonathan McReynolds and the different yes. people. Gospel music is, is going to do what gospel music is going to do because what we have to understand, Gerard, is that is that it's a calling like everything else, and the spirit of God is super super creative. God never runs out of ideas, yes. and 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 one of the things that God does is that he he promises us he will give us songs in the night. Mm-hmm. That's important because uh, I, I like to t- I like to emphasize this when I talk about um, music is that um, God. In, in the in the under the law in the on the old covenant, the Bible says that that um, Israel was prohibited from making graven images or any or any likeness of anything that's in the heaven above or the earth beneath. They couldn't do sculptures and they couldn't do uh, for the most part they couldn't paint art, so to speak. But mm. what they had was a song. The mm. only thing that God gave them was a song. Wow. And and so uh, so the people of God has always been. Um, the caretaker, so to speak, of the song of music. Wow! Uh, uh, and uh, I believe that we we have nothing to worry about as it relates to when it comes to worship. There will always be a heart that yeah. will be broken before God, that will go to God in desperate need, and out of that will come like a smoky Norfolk's arm. Um, um, what's the what's the song he wrote? I need you now. I, and, and it came out of an act, act, 
actual experience. I need you now. Um, when you talk, when you uh, heard Travis Green talk about the song that he wrote, what's his mm-hmm. song? Um, made away. Made away. They, they yeah. come out of personal experiences. As long as we have these, as long as there are people who are connected to God legitimately and 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 sincerely, and and they have a need, God will always. The, the reality is that we pray to God, He will sing to us. And when yeah. when He sings to us, when He sings over us, we 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 uh, regurgitate those songs, and they become a blessing to the world. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I, you find that these people weren't trying to write hits, man. They were expressing themselves to God. Uh, that, wow. And you're right. You're right. For a lot of songwriters, you know, the, 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 the goal wasn't, I need a hit. Right. You know, the goal was, <laughs> I'm tired of pain. Yeah. You know, and it was just writing something out of pain or in response to what God has done. And so I want to, I want to go back to this one point because, um, Again, I think part of the reason, and this isn't just music, I think this is a larger conversation, that many of us can't see the greatness that exists among us is because we are we have uh, almost deified what has happened in the past um, yeah. to the point where we can't you know everything gets compared to that how do we how do we move from that because there's this passage and I know you're familiar with it in Isaiah where where God is just like you know hey behold I do a new thing which a lot of people love to say at the top of the year but they miss the part after it where he's like don't you see it Right, you know, so so how is it, and, and I can imagine he had to say that to people because they were so stuck on what they used to see that they right. couldn't see what what's new. So how do we get people to move out of the mindset as we move forward in this year um, of thinking about how great yesteryear was to be able to embrace the greatness that lies ahead of them? You know, um, this reminds me of, of when the uh, when the Israelites were. They come back from captivity and they were rebuilding the temple, and and when the foundation was laid, the people the, the people who were younger began to rejoice, but the people who were older began to weep, and they were there was weeping and rejoicing happening in the same space wow. because some were remembering the old temple in its glory, and others were like, "May we get to build another temple?" Right. What happens to us a lot of times is, um, and this happens to every generation, is that we remember something in its heyday. Mm-hmm. And, and we were young enough not to pay attention to when it was being built. We just remembered wow. standing. Right, right. So, so when we see a new thing being built, we judge it by its foundations mm. and, not by, and not by its fulfillment or its completion. Um, like, like, for example, um, you mentioned LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, say what you will. Um, is LeBron James as good as Michael Jordan? But to me, that's a wrong question because he's a different species. Right. Um, Michael Jordan was not that big. I don't ever remember him being that fast. I don't ever remember him dominating. Pe- I mean, he was he was a dominant player. Right. But he was not. A Le- he was he was not a, Le- a LeBron James. Right. And right. I'm old enough to remember. Uh, uh, I was a kid when when um, Elvin Hayes and Oscar Robinson. These guys. I was a kid when they were playing, but they were dominant. There was a guy named Connie Hawkins, uh, mm-hmm. Walt Frazier, yes. Earl, Earl Monroe, yes. uh, um, Wilt Chamberlain. The, mm-hmm. I remember one time I watched a game with Wilt Chamberlain and wondering, is, can anybody stop him? Right. Um. Um. When, when um Lou Alcindor, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, had perfected the skyhook, he was almost unstoppable. So I think in every generation we get a chance. Or uh, uh, when we're kids, we see these guys and we go, "Man, they were, they were," you know. But we didn't see them when they were starting out. Right. Like for example, I don't remember Kareem when he was Lou Alcindor. Right. I don't remember uh, Ali when he was Cassius Clay. <laughs> right. 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 
So we don't we don't get a chance to see the beginning of things. So we we so what we tend to do when we get uh, older, or accustomed to things, is we start judging the new thing and say, ah, yeah, that'll never be as good as the old thing because we saw, we saw the old thing in all of its glory, and glory is something that can be blinding. Mm. Glory can blind us when we see the thing in its full glory. Um, we don't give the ch- the thing that's just coming into its glory a chance to glow fully. Yeah. Um, and so I no, I think I think that um that God always has representation in every generation to pro- to um, produce the best of who he is in the earth. Yeah, yeah. So so that makes me think about the up and coming songwriter, the up and coming creative, the up and coming preacher um mm-hmm. who is who is kind of that that new kid on the block who's trying to get the opportunity, uh, who's trying to be heard, but perhaps feels as though they are continually living in the shadow of yesteryear. Uh, What do you say to those people who are listening and who are like, you know, I know I have something special. Uh, I just kind of want an opportunity to be heard. What do you say to them? How should they uh, respond and prepare themselves in this particular year? Man, listen, this, I, I could preach a whole message on this, but I'm going to tell you this. Everyone with a gift that's called um, to express themselves musically or otherwise, um, there are a couple of things you have to remember. Number one, you have to remember that, that God dreams the dream. God is the one that sends you to the earth to do what you're called to do. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is that God finds the proper dreamer to dream the particular dream. So God will put you in the earth. He put his dream in your heart. The dream belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. That's good. The next point is is, is prepare. If every, the, um, the, the order of God is hide thyself, show thyself. Hide thyself. When you look at Elijah, Elijah shows up on the scene, and his first assignment is to King Ahab. Um, but he's from he's, from, he's a Tishbite. Where, where's Tish? No one knew. He came from a place that you, you hadn't heard of up to that point in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so God will hide you. God will hide people away in small places. Um, what you, why, are you, why, are you, why am I hidden? To prepare. So don't take preparation days lightly. Spend time preparing and become good at who you are. One of the greatest temptations I found, Gerard, is that after I've prepared and become good at who I am, then I'm exposed to who another person is. And I feel compelled to try to adjust who I am to who they are. Right. And people in the, and let me tell you something about the music industry. That was, I'll go on record. I don't care what they say. Um, I ain't looking for a job. Some <laughs> right. of the, some of the, the stewards, some of the guardians, the gatekeepers of, of gospel radio and gospel um, music or, or record companies are to be blamed. And they're to be blamed before the Lord because what they try to do is they try to take your uniqueness and put you in a, cook, a, a cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And, and and don't we do not for the sake of a deal, don't allow people to do that to you. We're living in a time where you don't really need a record company. You need distribution to right. some degree, and even that is questionable. Right. You you if you know how to market yourself, and and I think what what a person with a gift, your gift is not uh, complete without the wisdom on how to market it or how to present it. The setting is everything. You could take a brilliant stone and put it in the, in the wrong setting and people don't see its brilliance. Yes. And so I think that there should be a, a request before God continually as you prepare yourself and, and work on your chops and, your, and, and, and learn or study the will so you don't have to reinvent it. But um, you study the rules and learn the rules so you know how to break them. Right. Yeah, and, 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 you, what, what, and the only reason to break the rule is, is to is to maintain my uniqueness. I got to I got to be me because the bottom line is look at Bishop Jakes. Bishop Jakes is a master storyteller. He's a creative genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, every preacher that's not jealous will tell you that Bishop Jakes is a preacher among preachers. Right, right, right. 
but 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 now we all can't be him. We could learn things from him, mm-hmm. but we can't be him. Right. You know, one of the things I wanted from me is, I, you know, uh, I wanted to be, I wanted to, to I wanted my accent. I, re- I really wanted a tone to my voice. I wanted to have that deep tone. I, I don't <laughs> have that. I, I wanted to get rid of my my, my, my Caribbean accent mm-hmm. early on. That's why I, I used to try my best. But, you know, it's who I am. That makes me unique. Yes, it does. You know, people, people, people can, I, I remember one time I was on the, on the radio here locally for, for 13, 14 years. And um, I was in a barbershop. Okay. And and no one had ever seen my face. And and I would I always go I always keep quiet in the barbershop. And one time the barber asked me a question. And when I answered him, a guy that was waiting to get his haircut said, Are you Hart Ramsey? Wow. And I said, I am. And, I, and he said, I recognize your voice. Wow. And God gives you a unique voice. Yeah. A unique, a unique way of saying something, a unique way of singing a song, of writing a song. Do not try to I mean, you try to perfect it, but don't try to be if, if your definition of improvement is becoming someone else, you need to stop what you're doing and go back and change your definition of, of, um, of um, effectiveness. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. Heart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. That's good. That's good. You, you, you gotta, you got to be you because God sent you to the earth to be you. Because like, like they said, everyone else is taken. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. So how, how you know, certainly as we are, you know, still within the first uh, bit of the uh, of the of the new year, how does a person know the difference between? Um, when they have to make an adjustment to fit in or a necessary adjustment? Um, It's going to take wisdom. I'm going to give you a good example. Mm -hmm. Um, A young man brought me some songs recently and and wanted me to take a listen to them. As a songwriter, now now I want to tell you something about my songwriting. There are people who are are naturally gifted to write songs. And, and, And I've been writing songs for years, but I actually studied songwriting. Okay. It's, it's a part of, you know, uh, song form is a part of my studies. And so the first thing I noticed when I heard his material was 
um, his song form was off. Now, that's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. if it's good. Right, <laughs> right, right. If, if, if you break the if you break a, a rule, an accepted rule, and, and it works for the song it, or it works for your presentation, then who can argue with it? Mm-hmm. But if, if it if it presents a problem where it robs a song or it robs your presentation, then then I, I feel obligated to, to tell you, um, go do a rewrite. Right. Some people take that personally. When you hear, when they hear do a rewrite, the first thing they start thinking about is they're being rejected. Stop equating correction to rejection. That's so good. That's so good. And and, and here's the thing. I'm going to help you out. Don't bring your song to someone that and ask for critique if what you're looking for is a compliment. Yes. You, you see what I'm saying? If, mm-hmm. if you're looking for compliment, take it for people. Take it to people who will compliment you all the time. If you're looking for critique, come with pen and pad, and expect that the person that you brought it to to give you critique of some adjustments you could make to make it better. Yes. And I've actually told some people, man, make this little adjustment. That song is killing. I told one person to take re- too much reverb. Told another person, man. Um, um, do a rewrite of this. You could do better lyrics than that. I told mm-hmm. another person, you want you want to help this song? They say yes. I said throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> you will help the entire world. And they were like, that's so mean. I'm, no, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying mm-hmm. to you that when you start writing um songs like um uh, uh you tr- you giving your whole testimony of song and there's no form to it and there's no flow, there's no uniqueness about it. Mm-hmm. Um. No, that's that's a song that you sing between you and God because nothing about it appeals to me. It, it blesses you, but it don't bless nobody else. Right. And right. that kind of truth, you have to be, and, and you have to have thick skin. I'm not saying you won't get discouraged sometime. You, when you go somewhere, you look, you lick your wounds, and you start again. If you call to it, stick with it. That's really good. That's good. And and I think people need to understand that because, you know, as we're in a new year, so many people want to, you know, new year, new me. You know, that's great. Right. And, and, and they make sometimes wholesale changes in places where changes aren't necessary. Right. Um, and then sometimes the changes that are necessary, they think that's the thing that makes them uniquely them. You know, right. uh, this whole, well, you know, I'm just brutally honest. That's just who I am. Yeah, you know? that's not- and it's like, well, but you don't have to, like, kill everybody. Gerard, well, let me show you something that's interesting that I think is very interesting is that what we t- the mistake we tend to make is God, do- God doesn't just call us to a, 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 a certain people. He calls us to a certain time as well. Yes. And one of the mistakes that people make is, like, for example, Travis Green, I use his name because he has a unique sound. You know, mm-hmm. Travis Green sounds a lot like Bob Marley. He does. He has a Bob Marley sound, and so people people will say, "Well, I want a, I want a Travis Green sound." And if you go in and try to adjust your sound to sound like Travis Green, then who's to say that when the season, that when the Travis Green season is past, when that flavor is over, mm-hmm. that you that you have not just dated yourself and you you're out too, right? You, you, you see, what I always tell people, don't change your flavor because your flavor is not in season. There's a time when your flavor will be in season, right? You know, right? If many, if, if, if you, if you're like, um, if you're a Rocky Road ice cream, mm-hmm. listen, there's someone who's gonna come along that want Rocky Road, That's and, right. and after they, they taste it and love it, they're gonna tell other people, man, you should try Rocky Road, right? You know, pralines and cream is not for everybody. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, but that, but that's important, and I think people really need to know that that who they are 
uh, certainly is a work in progress, but the flavor of who they are cannot afford to be changed because no. if it is, you know, then we lose that unique flavor and can't get it back. Right. We, we, we I think the, Gerard, I think the fear is the fear is um, in order to be noticed, I have to become something or someone else. And yeah. that is not true. You see, I think what we do, what we rob ourselves and we rob God is that we don't involve or include God. I was watching a, 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 a documentary. It's not a documentary. Actually, it was a, 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 a TV series. It came on some years ago in 2013. It was, it was called AD, Kingdom and Empires. Okay. And one of the things that I noticed in the early churches, when they start preaching the gospel, they weren't, they weren't particularly great preachers. Wow. But, but what started to happen is even when they were, when they were uh, uh, flogged and publicly whipped and embarrassed by the Sanhedrin, um, a stream of people will, will come. The church kept growing, not because they were doing something um, um, in themselves that, that was great. It was that God was sending people to them. Wow. And I think that we have to leave space for God to send people to us, um, for God to point us out of a crowd, for God to elevate us, for God to, you see what I'm saying, for God to open doors. We, we, mm-hmm. We've ceased to do that. Marketing is good. Right. And I think there has to be a part of your budget for marketing and advertising. But I think also there has to be a part of your prayer life and your and your consecration to God that that, that what, you, what you mention to God, what you talk to God about about him, when you when it's your time, he points He points you out he points people and said this is this is one of mine there has to be the mark of god upon you anointing uh without without um um uh, what anointing that's not singled out mm-hmm. we have to question it yeah because because god always singles out the anointing he also single out and say this is one of mine and it, it doesn't have to be greater than it just has to be different from ah we think we want we want to be greater. You think you do a thousand runs? Listen to me. I'm so sick of running singers. Right. Uh, I'm, you, I'm, 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 no, I'm <laughs> Lord. I just I just insulted. About, we have the gospel music community, but I'm saying you know you run when it's necessary, but don't just do a run because you think it's it's cool. Right. Right. Run when it's run when you feel it. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, Maybe. you're 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 right because if we're constantly running, we miss the melody. Yeah, I, I, listen, and what if you bring back melodies? I, right. let's, let's, let's have some protests to save the melody. <laughs> right. The, the Bible says that, that that we should make melody in our heart to the Lord, not make runs. That's right. Scale. So uh, we need to be careful with that. Yeah, it's it's important because again, you lose the entire song when there's no melody, and yes. then people can't sing the song. If there's right. no melody, and and that becomes important. Which again, so okay, so, yeah. You you said a bunch, and it's kind of like really processing this idea of different than versus greater than. And I think there are a lot of people who are trying almost. Well, before I, I don't want to lead this, so let me ask: Is it possible that there are some people who are trying too hard to be different? Yeah, and, and it's awkward. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've seen it. I've, I've been in the audience where a person was going out of their way to be different, um, and you could tell it was contrived. But when when there's a, you, uh, uh, an actual genuine difference, the person does not even know they're different. Right, right. They, they, they're just, as far as they're concerned, they're being themselves. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think you know that has that's the difference between anointing and and ambition. Mm. Ambition will cause us. 
to try to position ourselves in a way to be discovered, in a way to be um, to one up whatever um, category we're in. But we're an anointing. We, we will kind of get a sense that whenever I'm I'm like this or whenever I'm doing this, God breathes on this. Right. I'll, I'll give you a good example. You know, uh, people don't know this about me, but you know, I used to try to hoop years ago did you really oh god it was horrible and, and, <laughs> and, and listen i had a pastor his name was leon carr and, and pastor carr i'll never forget this I, I was preaching he asked me to, to preach a wednesday night for him and i did mm-hmm. and after after the service i mean the people cheer me on to you know the folks will egg you on man you of course you, you're on a ledge and they make you think you're on a stage you know right as the pastor told me after service he said oh he said can you wait for me he was he was greeting the congregation he said i need i need to speak with you mm-hmm. I, I mean i that night i had worked the congregation man i, I got them on on the front row of the pews and I was hollering up there and singing and it was just horrible and so afterwards he took me in I'll never forget this he took me to a room he sat me down he said what you did tonight and I was waiting for him to say was excellent he said right. what he said what you did tonight is something I never want to see you do again wow I was shocked wow and here's what here's what he said that is not who you are mm. and sometimes we need somebody in our lives that would, can tell us that's not who you are. Yes. And here's why it's not who you are. Because it was forced. You're not good at it. Mm. And, and if I want to hear someone else hoop, there are a thousand people that hoop better than you. He said, but heart, what other people can't do that you do is explain stuff. Yes. He said, you have a unique perspective in the way you explain stuff. Mm-hmm. Stick with that. Yes. I went home and I was I was wounded. I could tell he loved me, but it didn't make it any easier. But I'm going to tell you what he started to do. He started putting me up in Bible study. Mm-hmm. And he started to hone my gift as, as a teacher. Yeah. And what I started to, to realize was when I got to explaining stuff a certain way, mm-hmm. the Spirit of God would come upon it. Another thing that's important while I'm on this vein is, um, and when I met Bishop Ivy Hilliard, mm-hmm. Watching him do what he did helped me because what he had about him was a cadence. Okay. He had the way he, there was a certain way he dropped his phrases that made them memorable. Mm. He, he, he would, he would, he had a, he, he would kind of like, um, he would say, and, and the will of God for you in a situation like this, and, and he would emphasize certain words. And, and I would, after a while, it was attractive to me. Yeah. I didn't want to be him, but I, but I, I, would, I, I would ask myself this question. Why do I remember everything he says when he says so much? Right. And the answer was it was his cadence. Wow. And so I started to develop my own cadence for speaking. Yeah. And and and, uh, and uh, I didn't want to be him. I didn't want to sound like him. But but the cadence was working. As a teacher, you need a certain cadence so people can remember what you're saying. Right. All of a sudden, I realized when I want to spoke with cadence, I became anointed. Mm. That's some of the stuff that you need to be paying attention to. What part of what I do? Does God anoint? Ah. And, and, and after a while of doing it for a while, you start going with the anointed stuff and leaving everything else out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that because b- besides the fact that I still want to see a video somewhere, trying to hoop, <laughs> I think that would just be... <laughs> And I won't post it. I just want to see it. But uh, I'll be like John P. Key. I will pay people 10 times what it's worth so I can destroy it. Right. I'm sure you would. You know, uh, but but I think 
it's important that people understand uh, the process of finding your voice. Yes. You know, that, that it is a process, that it just doesn't happen overnight, that you do have to study. You know, you do have to watch. You do have to learn from people who are in the same vein and the same genre as you to be able to figure out, okay, what can I glean what works for me and what is uniquely me um, because everybody's not going to hoop. Everybody's not going to do runs. If you're a singer, everybody's just not going to be what others may call spectacular. But I think being uniquely you is what makes you spectacular. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with that. And certainly uh, I'm glad that you found your voice because it has made all sorts of a difference in many, many lives. And we appreciate you for being the teacher and not the Hooper. Gerard, <laughs> 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 you would have been like, what is this guy? It was horrible. Yeah, it would it was, awful. it was just awful. Man. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. So for those of you who are preachers that are trying to hoop and it's not working, there's hope for you. Just don't hoop. <laughs> Find your unique voice and all will be well. I hope you guys have enjoyed this, <laughs> this session. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Gerard, you know you should mention to them, too, that you do this artist tips thing that I think is, is- Phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, uh, what is it? like? Uh, uh, share about that a little bit if you don't mind. Sure, sure. It's Tuesday nights on Facebook Live at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Of course, it's archived. But the design of it is just to really be able to assist artists, whether you are new in, in, in music or if you've been around for a while. Because, you know, artist development is missing. Um, And with a lot of record labels, you know, there used to be a whole division assigned to it, and that has gone away at virtually every label. And so now you have a lot of artists who have access to be able to get music out fast, but they don't understand the the character behind being an artist and kind of those intangibles. And so we really look to just kind of resource people with that uh, on a weekly basis. And so hopefully, you know, some of you are finding it to be helpful, but if you're uh, unfamiliar with it, check it out on Facebook Live um, every Tuesday night at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. And if you miss it again, you know, just follow us and check it out there. And hopefully enough people share it so you can find it. And uh, it's been fun. I've yeah, enjoyed it. And, and if, and if you, you go back and check out the, the archives, so just just so much information in there that um that I think everyone needs. Even, even artists that are established should go and check it out as well. Yeah. Because there's some things that you find that... that um, it makes stuff easier. Yes. It'll make stuff easier for you. Yes. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Not a problem. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. So definitely, I hope you guys enjoyed today's session. And uh, we want to hear your thoughts and comments. So you can share that with us by way of social media. Use the hashtag heart to heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, and then H-E-A-R-T. Or, of course, you can use on course as a hashtag as well. Also, be sure to uh, rate and download and subscribe to our podcast as well, which is available on iTunes and on Google Play. Share this with a friend as well. There are many who need to hear all the great content that we have here, not just today's show, but previous shows, so you can certainly check them out. And then join us again next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey. 